Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city. It lies four square. The gates are... Hello, everybody. God bless you. Happy New Year. And we hope that we have a better New Year this year. But it rains on the just and the unjust, and we just don't know what's going to happen. But one thing that we know for certain is that Jesus Christ is Lord. And no matter what we have to go through, we know that when we're born again, And we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and have repented of our sins that we have a home in heaven. And no matter what happens on this earth, and it's very unpredictable at this point, I would say, that we know that we are going to be taken care of for all eternity And our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah. So Jesus promised us, and this is one of the promises, of course, that the prosperity preachers don't really like to talk about, is the fact that Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. So we're going to have it. We have to expect it. I don't think any of us in our wildest dreams would have expected going on two years of a pandemic and no end in sight. So I don't think that we were prepared. (laughs) Lives were going along and so normal for most of us. We didn't have to think about going out and uh, catching a potentially deadly virus and of course it's not deadly for everyone but I have friends that have suffered terribly from it have died from it so it's very real to me and I'm sure to many of my listeners anyway I want to give a big hello to our listeners in Australia and uh, we we think about you we pray for you because Things are pretty tough for you over there. And in New Zealand, which they just passed a law there in New Zealand saying that they could have euthanasia for people that have this virus. Now, what kind of a world are we living in where... They have to pass a law saying that they can have euthanasia. So our hearts go out to the people there in New Zealand who have to put up with these deadly politics and have to have their rights 
trampled upon. For what reason? For what reason do they have? It's a voluntary law. And the euthanasia law, whoever thought we'd see the day where we would be seeing that happen. Medically assisted dying is now legal in New Zealand. The End of Life Choice Act has come into effect one year after almost two-thirds of New Zealanders voted in favor of it. Supporters believe that assisted dying laws will give New Zealanders who are suffering terribly at the end of their lives choice, compassion, and dignity. Well, they basically have some of these things in place here as well where um, people that have, especially people that have cancer, they call in hospice. And I've personally witnessed this with members of my family where they, if you don't have a living will and you don't have these uh, medical living wills where you, if you become incapacitated, then somebody else can take over your health care. And then you have to make your wishes known. It has to be a document that's notarized. And then you, you can also put in there whether you want food and water. Otherwise, if you don't have one of those, it's up to the, in the hospital to decide what they're going to do. And if they decide that they're not going to feed you anymore or they're not going to give you anything to drink, they'll do that. And they'll give you enough morphine to basically stop your heart. So that's why it's important anyway to have your affairs in order. And then they also have something called a do not resuscitate. And that you have to get, usually you get it from your doctor. They Sometimes the hospitals have those, but it's a special form. And if you don't have one of those, they they will resuscitate you at the hospital if you die. They they will do it. And also if you call 911 and uh, if they come to your house, they have to try to resuscitate you. And so it's good to have those things in place, but it, it's shocking what's going on around the world. And uh, we're ever mindful of the Lord Jesus Christ and he is our source of strength and our only hope in a time of trouble. I just don't know how people handle what's going on. And obviously we see the chaos around the world and we see all people freaking out all over the place and at, especially on airplanes where they're going crazy and they're punching people and punching the stewardesses. And then you have all these home invasions now and these People in Tampa that have to leave their cars out, people that don't have a garage, and people are breaking their windows at night while they're sleeping and going through their cars. Even if they don't see anything, they'll go through the glove compartment or whatever. And so there's a whole rash of crime being committed. And a lot of it has to do with, of course, people going through this pandemic and then and then bringing in illegals into the country that don't have jobs or they don't have money. And uh, so the unsaved mind 
looks at somebody that has something, say, oh, they have a car or they have a house or they have uh, jewelry or they have a nice watch. Well, I want that. So they say, they say to themselves, well, I want that. And I'm just going to take it because that, after all, well, they're, they're probably rich and don't need it anyway. So that's the unsaved mind is if I can't get it by working, uh, I'm just going to take it. So we're seeing a lot of crime. And we also see, I, I noticed in the headlines this morning that they were dropping off more illegals. Now, imagine, when we go to the airport, we pay for flights. Nobody, The government doesn't fly us around for free. But these people are coming into our country illegally, and they're being put on airplanes and being flown around the country and dropped off in cities by the hundreds, by the thousands. It's already estimated that there's been 2 million people that have come across the border untested. You don't know what kind of disease they have. And they're bringing them in and they're putting them up in hotels. Does the government put us up in hotels for free citizens? I don't think so. And uh, fly us around the country and drop us off somewhere and puts a burden then on the taxpayers because who's going to, who's going to pay for them to have uh, food and education and clothing? It's usually the taxpayers that have to pay for it. It's one thing that I would like to have a crusade for myself is that uh, property owners shouldn't have to pay income ta- or property tax for schools, especially, well, if they don't have children. If you don't have children in school, you shouldn't have to pay for school. And uh, school should be paid for parents that have children in school. So it's not fair. I don't think it's fair for people to have to pay for people that are here illegally. We have to pay for their education because you're a property owner. I know that they have that in some areas of the country where they've already where they already have these kind of laws, but I think it's very unfair and uh, it, it would be something I would devote my time to. But also we have the issue of abortion, which is it's a very heavy issue. Um, it's something that I believe God has judged us for and will continue judges for if things don't change but there was a young man who's running for the senate in North Carolina and he put out a political ad very bold and I'm going to play it because I just think that he was very he's very very bold David Butthole and remember him in your prayers because he needs our prayers. And he didn't hold back. But anyway, let me play his ad here. Abortion is the leading cause of death in North Carolina. It dwarfs cancer and heart disease. 
Think about that. The leading cause of death in our state are mothers and fathers murdering their own children. Every one of those abortions has taken place in accordance with pro-life laws that regulate when, where, and how you can kill a child. These murders are sanctioned by our politicians, pro-life organizations, and even our churches when they support sinful legislation. As such, it brings a collective blood guilt on this land. We need repentance from pro-life compromise and a return to the solid foundation of God's law. On my first day, I will offer a complete and total bill of abolition with five critical components. The first, it'll be from conception. From the moment of fertilization, there is a human life, and that needs to be protected. That means no heartbeat bills. They abandon children without heartbeats in exchange for those with them. Secondly, no exceptions. Children of rape and incest are children too. And the life of the mother needs to be weighed equally with the life of the child. Three, criminalize abortion as murder. It's simple. Do we really believe that this child is a human being? And if so, we must act like it. Pro-lifers say that abortion isn't health care, but all of their laws are written in the health care code. It is the criminal code that needs to be amended. Fourth, we must defy Roe. We cannot wait for Roe to be overturned. It's been five decades. They may be the Supreme Court, but they are not the supreme being. They say we have to kill our children, and God says we can't. Who is your God? Choose this day whom you will serve. North Carolina is not going to kill our children anymore, and we don't care what nine lifetime lawyers have to say about it. Fifth, repeal all laws that allow for abortion. That means that pro-life laws have got to go because they dictate when, where, and how you can kill a child. We need repentance individually and as a state for what we have done and what we have allowed to transpire. Repent of pro-life compromise. Become an abolitionist. Find ways to engage and shift the culture. Vote in the Republican primary election for North Carolina Senate District 12. I'm David Bubolt. The time to stand is now. God bless him. Let me tell you, that's a powerful message. And that's something I think that we all have to think about and try to do our part, whatever it is, to draw attention to the issue because there's not enough really brave people. There's all kinds of pro-life organizations, but they really haven't done much to stop abortion or to stop the selling of the babies after they're aborted. They sell their parts and they sell their organs and they sell their cells and then they're making medicine out of it and who knows what else they're doing. And it's barbaric, it's inhumane. And we can't really call ourselves a civilized society when we have these kind of things going on. And there's not enough brave men and women to, especially politicians, which they they can have the power to change things by changing the laws and stop, they could stop the funding when you have your own 
National Institute of Health funding the, the research projects at the universities. They, they give them grants to use these cells. And it's not right. It's just not right. So hopefully this young man can get elected and he can do something about it anyway in his state and uh, see what God can do. But you only need a few brave men and women. You look at the apostles, there was only 12 of them, and look what they did to spread the gospel. So sometimes it doesn't take thousands of people or even hundreds of people to get things done. It just takes a a few brave men and women that are willing to do their part to stand up for what's right. And because we're seeing, we see... We're seeing it right now. We're seeing the judgment of God. Who likes it? Nobody likes it. And we're not immune. Even the church of the Lord Jesus Christ isn't immune from these kind of things. So we have this this virus going around now. And they started vaccinating people a year ago or so. But it didn't stop. It didn't stop the spread of this thing. It didn't stop the spread of this thing. So you have cases from the year 2020. How many cases of this coronavirus? 231,000. I mean, 231 million cases in 2020. In 2021, you have 443 million cases. So. As much hype as they gave they, to uh, these so-called vaccines, which are basically untested and, and unproven whether or not they're going to work when they're not working and want to blame unvaccinated people for spreading it, well, it kind of doesn't make any sense that they tell you to get seen because it's going to help you prevent the virus and you won't die. Well, I know I know people that have died with two vaccines. So, like I said, I can't tell you what to do if you want to get a vaccine. That's your business, and it's not my business. But I can only tell you what I what I've observed and what I I see and what I hear that's credible. And the person that invented the mRNA vaccine was. Pfizer vaccine that has this spike protein, it's not even the, the this Pfizer vaccine doesn't even have the virus in it, where usually when you get a vaccine, it has a little bit of the toxin in it. So it gives your body that toxin, and then your your body's supposed to develop an immunity. This one doesn't. It's, it's got a spike protein, and the spike protein keeps replicating. So the doctor that invented it, Robert Malone, he was banned from Twitter. Now, I because they're saying he's spreading false information. Well, I guess if he invented it, this is how crazy the media is. I guess if he invented it, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> but they want you to believe that even though he invented it, 
uh, he doesn't really know what he's talking about. So don't listen to him. Well, that doesn't make any sense. But you can, if you wanted to hear the interview, receive the interview, I, I think it's on here on the Gateway Pundit talking about it. And so I would I would take some of his advice. I don't know if I would take all of his advice because I haven't heard all he has to say. But Dr. Robert Malone, if he if he invented this technology, then I guess <laughs> I guess he knows what it is. But they're telling you the the thing is the the um, fake news media anyway they they tell you something, but it's not really true. But it's what they want you to believe, and then it's what they want you to have prejudice against someone for. So they'll they'll blame unvaccinated people for spreading this virus. Well, why don't we blame the person that created it? Why don't we blame the person that keeps spreading it? Where are all these new variants coming from anyway? The whole thing is weird. And then uh, this Omicron variant, I was reading that you can catch it just from people breathing. If they breathe near you, not, they don't necessarily have to sneeze or talk. They just have to breathe. <laughs> so what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's like, enough already. Where, where did this insanity come from anyway? It gets more insane by the day. And we really don't know when it's going to end. I don't see any end in sight because I don't see how you can contain a virus. I just don't see how you can ever really contain it. They don't really have an answer for it. I know somebody that does have an answer for it, and it's God and the Lord Jesus Christ, of course. But in the meantime, we're uh, a society in chaos, and we have to try to make the best of it. We have to be careful. And try to live our lives the best way we can by taking precautions, especially if you're older or you have a compromised immune system. So I believe in being safe. I do everything I can to keep myself safe. And if I don't have to go out, I don't go out. It doesn't bother me because I like to be home anyway. I've done enough traveling throughout my life. I've traveled to many foreign countries and I've been on many, many airplanes. And and uh, so that part of my life is over, basically. I did all that. So now I have my radio ministry and my YouTube ministry and the book ministry, which we're going to be updating our books and... We had a little problem. We're still having a problem with our equipment. And this week, I want to try to uh, update some of our equipment because the the microphone that I have, it has a cord. And they they short out after a while. They don't make things like they used to make things. It doesn't take much. You don't really abuse the cord. You just move it around. But they short out. So... I had called the company about three weeks ago to get a new one, 
They said, oh, yeah, we'll send it, send it to you. So it didn't come. And I, I thought, well, maybe they sent it to the wrong address. So I called them. They think it was Monday or Tuesday. And they said that, oh, we, we, we forgot to send it or whatever. So we'll send it to you. Well, we'll see. I may not get it. I may not get it. But sometimes it causes static in the in the broadcast. So I'm going to try to fix all these things. I did get an email from a listener and I appreciate his comments in talking about the sound and the problems we've been having, but, and they suggested that I would go to YouTube to do the program. But the thing with YouTube is I can't, I don't have the freedom to say the things that I say on blog talk radio. They don't censor me at all. They don't censor right now i don't know if it's ever going to happen it might but currently they don't censor you so you have the freedom and uh, so i can't really do a live program if i if i did a program on youtube i've had a couple of videos that they took off especially if you talk about the vaccines that are made from aborted babies they don't want you to talk about that what's the what's the big secret the ingredients list are on the package insert they're supposed to be there and if they're not then uh, you need to complain about it but anybody can read a package insert and see what's in a medic in a medication but they they're trying to suppress the truth and so for now I, w- I would like to stay on blog talk radio because i have most of my listeners look for me here and it would take a long time to to uh, get people accustomed to going somewhere else but we're also having issues with the internet going down which where I live we don't have really good internet service so sometimes the wi-fi goes off and I can't control that even if, if you get a blip where it goes off for a couple of seconds, it disconnects me. <laughs> and so if I'm talking and then you don't hear me, that means that I got disconnected. And, and it usually takes me a minute or two to get back on, to get reconnected after that little blip is over. So there's some things that I can control and I'm going to work on getting the equipment in order here so that we can have good sound and uh, not aggravate the listeners. Also, they were saying that when I played some of the clips, the clips come on too loud. And sometimes I can't really judge. I tried to make them lower today and I can't really hear with my headset, whether how they're going to sound when the broadcast is finished. Sometimes they're too low and I can't really adjust it correctly so that's something I'm just going to ask you to try to bear with me I'm trying to make them lower so that they don't blast people's ears some people of course they use their headphones or earbuds or whatever when they listen on iTunes we do get a lot of listeners from iTunes and so if it's too loud then then it it uh you know how that feels on your ears. But anyway, I just wanted to address that because we I am going to work on it this week and 
try to get this equipment in order and then work on doing some sound checks and things. I'm not really sure if I can use a mixer with this. I have a USB microphone right now. And uh, like I said, there's a problem with these cables because they they short out after a while. They don't last and don't make like like I was saying, they don't make things like they used to. I have a freezer that I've had for 35 years and it still works perfectly. <laughs> That's because 35 years ago, it was probably made in this country. And I also have a clothes dryer that's over 30 years old and it's very easy to fix. It only has a couple of parts and I like it very much. And I don't, I don't really care to have a new dryer and to have a, all the computers and they're harder to fix. So if you, if you have some things that are older and were made, especially made in this country at the time when we had good quality products, it's good. It's a good thing to hang on to it. And even with computers, they, I, uh, one of my computers, they told me, I get a pop-up that says, we have an update for you and it's a BIOS update. Well, I don't know. At that time, I didn't think about doing a Google search to see if I should do a BIOS update, which you should. If, if you get any kind of a pop-up on your computer and they tell you, do a BIOS update, make sure you don't do it because I did it and it completely ruined my computer. I, I couldn't start it. It won't start. And I tried everything, called our local computer club and looked on all the boards online and you can't get it to boot. You can't get Windows to start up. It just completely damages your machine. So then when you call HP, well, they don't really have a solution for it either. You have to just get another computer. So that's how it is today. (laughs) That's how it is. But Anyway, don't do a BIOS update. You, you'll be sorry. So we're just trying to work out all the kinks here. And we're now going to over 911,000 listeners in our time here, in our 12 years. And we want to thank God for that because we don't do any major advertising for the program. People find us. They they find us from all over the world. Our listeners in Great Britain and South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, and the United States. And then, of course, there's many other countries that we don't have such a big listenership in some of the other countries. But And God brings people. And, I, and there's there's the remnant church. People talk about the remnant church, but there is a remnant church. And we we say we're not putting up with the stuff that they're trying to feed us. And uh, especially the things that are coming across uh, from television and with these so-called Christian magazines and internet sites, but we're not buying we're not buying this whole uh religious church system that has it doesn't have too much to do with the Lord Jesus Christ his gospel it's a it's something that's been set up as a money making 
machine that never seems to quit, and it's all re- it usually all revolves around the pastor and his vision, which you're required to fund with twelve percent of your ten percent uh, of your income, and that's really not the way it's supposed to be. Of course, you should support your church. There's nothing wrong with supporting your church. But you're not required to give a certain percentage. You're required to give as the Lord leads you to give, and that's the way you should be taught in your church, that you're to give freely, you're to give with joy. God loves a cheerful giver. You don't give out of necessity. You don't give because you have to. You give because you want to, and you don't need somebody beating you over the head every Sunday for 15 or 20 minutes, and then on Wednesday they beat you over the head, and uh, then you turn on TV and there's somebody else telling you that if you don't give, you're going to suffer and your washing machine's going to break down and your tires are going to wear out and your kids are going to rebel. And It really is. It's so wicked, and it's nothing like the church set up. And there was this young man, this uh, pastor, Havner Smith and this young man is he he was married for 18 years and he's a Stephen Furtick trainee or he was with Stephen Furtick for a while and then he went I think he went to Chattanooga and he started it he started a church there but he's married for 18 years And he was caught on video. Now, I don't know, usually when people teach false doctrine, and this is usually what happens, is they get stupid themselves in their head. They they start thinking they're somebody, and uh, they have authority over people, and, and they're in charge. And so they kind of lose their moral compass, especially when they teach seed faith doctrines and they teach tithing doctrines they don't live by faith themselves so they go off they usually go off and then it's not very pretty when it happens and for this young man it's not very pretty he has children and a wife of of, uh, 18 years what does he do what does he do he goes in a restaurant with a member of his church and I think the girl is part of the worship team it's called Venue Church now what is that Venue Church and uh, Pastor Tavner Smith and his worship leader allegedly shared a kiss at a restaurant so there's, there's a video like what does he think he's sitting in a public place he's a married man He's a pastor, and he's sitting in a restaurant with this woman, and he kissed her. Now, and it didn't look like uh, you. It didn't look like a holy kiss. You know what I mean? Like, didn't he think they had cameras in this restaurant? Or didn't he think that maybe somebody would recognize him and take this video and put it on the Internet? 
Well, they did. They put it on the internet. Yeah, they did. But so uh, it says that he and his wife have begun divorce proceedings last May and that all employees of his church were forced to sign non-disclosure agreements. Well, if you're pastor at your church, if you're working at a church and they make you sign an NDA, don't do it. Just get out of there. Because what do you, what do they have to hide? What are they trying to hide? Why don't they want you to talk about what's going on? You have to sign an NDA. Well, that's ridiculous. So they said, they told the people there that if they didn't sign these NDAs, there would be massive financial penalties. And uh, they threatened them. They threatened them. So one of the members of the church spoke out, God bless him. And he said, this is why he left this church. There were zero elders or accountability. Yeah, they say, they say this. They say, yeah, we have elders and we're accountable to this board and, and we have people over us. And, and I, my, my thing is this. What about the Lord Jesus Christ? If the Lord Jesus Christ can't look over you, and if you can't have any conviction of sin, then you're lost. So you can have all the elders in the world, and people love to talk about that. Well, I'm accountable, and I'm under authority. Well, number one, you're under the Lord Jesus Christ's authority. So I think we should always answer to him first. So, yeah, he did have all kinds of eldership there. And meanwhile, this guy is with his girlfriend in a restaurant, kissing her. And then he says, this young man that left, he says, money issues, we were always told there was no money. But the lead pastor always had a new car every few weeks. And the shopping trips would blow your mind from exotic dogs to shoe and jersey collections. Physical abuse. I, wor- I witnessed a worship pastor slam his wife against a wall in the green room. And I, on many of times, verbally talked to her like a dog and screamed, submit to me, woman. Yeah, that, that's, that's big up with these abusive churches. Mental abuse. I witnessed many times if someone saw or said anything about the money, would attack that person by calling their jobs, friends, etc., making false statements in person or on social media. That happens. I've seen that happen. It's happened to me where you bring out the issues about what's going on with the money at the church and then the, the pastor calls you in the office and uh, he's got to straighten you out. And then they, they uh, shun you. And I've seen that happen. I witnessed on many times the lead pastor have a long time with females on the worship team. Theology would change on a weekly basis and quickly turned into a prosperity gospel viewpoint. When I went to report the physical abuse, I was told I was not allowed to speak to the lead pastor I was spoken to. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. You can't get past the bodyguards. 
because he was so close to God and his closeness couldn't be put in jeopardy by speaking to commoners. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you can't talk to your pastor, if you can't go up to him and talk to him, then you need to leave that church. Drug use by the lead pastor's father. His father was part of the church staff for a while. He would do cocaine in the church bathroom prior to greeting people on Sunday. He was later kicked out of the church for homosexuality and died of an overdose later in, in Florida. Diversion of church funds for personal projects for those at the top. That happens quite a bit. They say that we need this money to preach the gospel, but yet they take big salaries. And they buy big, expensive homes and cars. And there should really be a limit on a salary cap on what a pastor could take out of a church, I would say. There could not be a more dangerous man or an organization than Tavner and Venture. He currently has cheated on his life with his assistant and lead worship leader. His staff half almost half of his staff have quit and refused. And, refu- and he refused to step down. Well, he's not going to step down. I doubt seriously he w- he's going to step down. That's his his little kingdom there. But it's really up to the people that are going there to leave. And, but, and that's it. Because uh, if this guy can't behave himself, why would you want him as a pastor? And so, yeah, people make mistakes. That happens. But he's not uh he's not uh apologetic. I don't think he's really acting like he's apologetic or he's not trying to hide his he's flaunting his adultery. And uh even if even if you file for divorce, you're still not divorced, so you're not free to date. And you do everything in your power to keep your marriage together, especially if there's young children involved in this thing because I don't care how old you are. Everybody wants their their family, and their real family. Kids want their mother and they want their father. They're they're loyal to both usually, so it's very hard on children. And uh, this young man really isn't some serious need of prayer. That's for sure. Tav Smith. But here's here's something he said about being a husband. If you want something different, why don't you do something different? And that's what I came to challenge us today. If we want something different, how about we make the agreement today that we're going to walk out of here and in our mind with what's going on in our life, what if we do something different? You know, because I've I've been dealing with this personally in my, my own life, struggling with this like battle emotionally with social media. You know, I want to be more spiritual than I am, and I want to be as spiritual as you, and I'm trying my best. But sometimes, y'all, I just mess up. I want to wake up and declare who I am in the Lord and believe who I am in the Lord, and sometimes I do that. God, I am the best husband. I am the best father. I do. I'm anointed. I'm appointed. I'm set apart. I, I, I declare it all, and then I turn my Instagram on. 
And I don't feel very anointed or appointed anymore because I see everybody else who's a good husband and who's a good daddy and who, while I'm yelling at my kids on the way to school, they're at Chick-fil-A on the way to school with a big smile on their face. And while, while me and my wife just had fight night, they were out on date night, and now it's all over the Internet. And it just makes me mad and down and unspiritual. And I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, I've struggled with it. And I've just decided recently that if I want to see something different, I've just got to choose to see something different. And it made me think about that as I was going to preach to you today because do you know what I just did to you? I literally just read to you the Instagram version of this story. Like, I read to you the good part. I read to you that the part where, like, where I come from, where I grew up in, the organ would start playing at that part, and we'd start stomping a little bit. So people... Yeah, well, maybe he should quit looking at Instagram and quit making his faith proclamations about, I'm anointed, and I'm this, and I'm that. And why don't you tell yourself I'm lost and undone without God and his son? And uh, stop trying to be something you're not. Because Jesus is the king of this thing. We are not. And uh, we're just a mess going somewhere to happen. So you put yourself up there on the throne and you're going to fall off. You're going to topple off the throne. Because you can't serve two masters. And that's the problem. It's a big problem in a lot of these churches, these so-called churches and these designer churches with these funny names and the pastor with all the tattoos and he wears all the cool clothes and and uh, forget all that. Forget all that. Just come in there humble with your Bible open and teach the word. You don't have to be hip and cool and, and uh, try to figure everything out and then try to make yourself. And, and he's another one with, with these uh, faith confessions that he was making about you're a world changer and a history maker. Well, who can live up to that? Who can live up to that? We're all trying to do our part for the Lord Jesus Christ, and God doesn't have any special people that he's going to use to be world changers and history makers. He's not, this, this guy's not even making any world changing or history making with his own family. He can't even get that in order. And he's going to run a church and tell you how to live? I don't think so. So all these people, these, uh, da- uh, is it David Crank, and uh, he's a pastor, and Stephen Furtick, and all the other men that have befriended this man need to pull him aside, or somebody needs to pull him aside and try to get this young man straightened out before it's too late, because he's a mess. So all the history making and the I'm a anointed, and it didn't do any good. Because you can't just make faith confessions about being a good husband and a father. You have to do it, (laughs) (laughs) whether you want to or not. Because you married that wife, you made those children, and now that's your responsibility. Not the church. Not the church. The church comes after the family. But not most of these men are put up on a pedestal. And they're not put up, you're not put up at a pe- on a pedestal at home because most of the time your wife is going to tell you uh, 
where it's at. And your kids, when they get old enough and they can see your hypocrisy, they're probably going to tell you too. So, <laughs> Yeah. But here's uh, Tavner, and he's talking, he was a big proponent too with the seed face. That's another thing that got him into trouble. It's bigger than the, than the fight. Because here's, when it comes to our money, here's, here's the fight of the world. They want us to think that, that, that this is the way to do it. You save, 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 save. So get a good retirement plan and get this and get that and get that. And you work, 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 work. And save, 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 save. And work, 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 work. And save, 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 save. And then maybe if everything works right, when you're old enough, you can enjoy about eight good years. But the kingdom wants to come up against that. Because the kingdom way was never to work and save. The kingdom way was always to sow and reap. The difference between being a saver and a sower doesn't mean you don't save any money. Great, have an emergency fund. Do what you got to do. But here's the difference. A saver holds on to that and says, no, it's mine. No one can have it. A sower's attitude is, I'm going to save up, but God, it's really yours, so you use it for whatever you want. It's the difference in our mind thought, our mindset. It's Matthew chapter 25. It's the parable of, of, of the guy who, it's the talents is what we call it. I'm trying not to be too churchy because I don't know who's, who's. Increase. And the truth is this. You don't have the power to increase. Only he does. And all you have to do is let go and sow and he will put his increase on your seed and everything can change in your life. We were created to be sowers. All our needs show up as seeds. We were created to be sowers. Why? Because number three, our seeds feed our future. Ecclesiastes 11.1. Check this out. Cast your bread upon the waters. You'll find it after many days. What a crazy verse, right? I never understood this verse, and if you don't, you just imagine like they got all their loaves of bread throwing it in the lake. You know what I mean? But let me give you context. Context is that these were all people who lived in the desert. Yeah, it's always about sowing. Notice he doesn't really talk about giving, because it's really about giving from your heart and being led of the Lord, not just keep sowing and giving your money to this ministry and he's he's basically telling people you don't really have to worry about saving yeah if you want to save yeah it's okay but no you should save <laughs> you should save it's a very good idea to save money but they want you to feel guilty because you're saving money and uh, maybe you have a 401k or you have a savings account or something so they want you to feel guilty about that because you're not giving enough money to the church but it's really about giving and giving out of a pure heart because you can't, their principle is, well, you just keep sowing and sowing and sowing and eventually you're going to reap a harvest. Well, not, it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily work that way because God is only going to give you what he thinks you can handle. And these people, God's not giving them what they have. They're demanding that you come to their 
building and you give them 10%. And God doesn't really have anything to do with that because they're not living by faith. They're not teaching their people to live by faith. So it's easy for them to talk when they're demanding that you pay for your seat there. So he's not setting the example for the people either to teach them the principles, the the real principles of the Bible is to do everything out of love for your fellow man, that you love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, the Bible says it also it's more blessed to give than to receive. So they raise up selfish Christians and it's not 100% the fault of the pastor. A lot of it is the fault of the people for not reading their Bibles and finding out if the Bible is really saying the things that the pastor is telling them. But anyway, this young man's in trouble, and uh, we hope and pray that he gets rescued out of this pit before it's too late, because he's about to lose everything. He's about to lose his family. He's about to lose his congregation. And so whatever is going through his mind now, he might be on some kind of a high from all of this. And uh, maybe he, he's acting like he doesn't really care, but it's it's going to hit him like a ton of bricks. Also, there was an incident at uh, Perry Stone's church a couple of weeks ago where, of course, there were some allegations about Perry that uh, he had been inappropriate with some of the women in his church. So they had his elder board and whatever, they had him step down and then he had to go for counseling. Now, he, he says, and, and I'm going to play the audio. It's, the audio is a little hard to hear, but so, but you get the gist of it. But anyway, he goes, he said he had to go to rehab. Now, not for drugs, but what did he go for rehab for? Now, was it a sex addiction or what was it? Because, uh, no. I don't know for sure, but I know that he said, and you'll hear his voice, where he said he had to go to rehab. Anyway, something happened with between him and some of the women at his church. Something did happen. Exactly what it was, all the details haven't really come out yet. But anyway, there was somebody that came to his church a few weeks ago and yelled out, during the service. And so it said that during his Tuesday service, Prophet Perry Stone was greeted with one unhappy congregant who, while he lamenting the fact that so many people had left their faith in recent years, shouted out from the back so the whole church could hear, probably because you keep touching them, you nasty perv. Why don't you tell them the real reason why they left? Because you keep touching them. Well, anyway, that was what the lady shouted out. And she was hauled off by the security people. And uh, then, of course, Perry Stone tried to defend himself. But 
it says that he says that I confess at times I've been inappropriate in all the this weariness of nonstop ministry. Hmm. I let my guard down, and I've asked, of course, God to forgive me for that. I sat down with my family, with my beautiful, precious wife, Pam, the love of my life. I asked her to forgive me, and I very humbly and very sincerely asked her to have been hurt or offended by my actions. Also, forgive me for these things. So, even though I, I think in a way, there should be this kind of dialogue sometimes in churches where you can question the pastor and and ask a question openly in front of the whole congregation and so everybody can hear. And I can understand in some cases why somebody stands up and yells out why they might want to take the person out because they don't know if the person is armed with something or whatever. And so they as a precaution, they take them out. But I think that it's a good idea to sometimes speak up <laughs> publicly. And, and the thing with Perry Stone is he never apologizes for his false teachings. He never apologizes for how he's behaved on telethons, telling people to send a thousand dollars and get miracles and he, the miracle selling that he does. And, uh, so usually when you have false teaching and unrepentant false teaching, because all of us have missed it in some area uh, or another, and uh, we have to try to correct ourselves. But when you continue on in, in the way he has, and he's become very wealthy through being a false teacher and deceiving people, and that's wrong. So he winds up in this position who knows how long it's going to last and then he does a video of course on the media and how and how the media can twist things and turn things well nobody was twisting your words because this is exactly what happened that he was inappropriate and it came to light and then this lady comes to his church a few weeks ago, of course, and makes the statement about him being a pervert. But anyway, here's the audio, so you have to listen carefully. Uh, recently, some female employees at VOU requested to meet with our board of directors to address complaints that I had acted inappropriately with me on the end with words and sometimes actions. The board gathered the information and met with me to question me concerning this. And after uh, several meetings, the board did the right thing and they asked me to step aside from all pulpit and travel ministry for an extended period of time. So today I remain under the authority of our board of directors and have taken an extended and honestly the much needed sabbatical away from all forms of ministry. I have uh, been spending several weeks at a special location out of state at a special clinic to receive professional counseling every day and also to get the medical help that I feel like I need. Let me say, and I'm saying this from the deepest part of my heart and spirit, I sincerely, with everything that's in me, regret any words or actions that I have said or done that made anyone feel uncomfortable or that may have brought them hurt in any manner. And I confess at times I've been inappropriate in 
in all this weariness of just nonstop ministry, I let my guard down. And uh, I've asked, of course, God to forgive me for that. I've asked, I've sat down with my family, with my beautiful, precious wife, Pam, the love of my life. I asked her to forgive me. And I very humbly and very sincerely ask uh, those who uh, have been hurt or offended by my actions to please also forgive me for for that for those things. I also want to ask the OCI family to forgive me for letting letting down the high standard of ministry that we, we all have sought to achieve, including myself. Uh, it's my hope that uh, through the grace of God we will all be able to walk uh, in future healing and restoration. You know that forgiveness is the foundation to start any kind of restoration. So uh, I'm going to remain on a long sabbatical as the public ministry. And uh, this is for several reasons. First of all, feed God intently, which I have been doing for weeks on a daily basis. You know, more in and night throughout the day. Uh, to remain under the decision and the authority of the board of directors, speak wisdom and counsel professionally and spiritually. And above all, this is what I really want you to know. I have made a pledge to God, myself, my family, and I'll make a pledge to you that the remaining days of my life, however long that is, I'm going to set up very strong and unmovable boundaries to ensure that my personal and spiritual life are held completely accountable every day to men who surround me in ministry and above all, accountability every day to the love of my life, Pam. Now, I believe the time is going to come uh, when God will make me whole in body, mind, and spirit. And uh, in the future, this, we're going to, this is going to make me a better man, better husband, and I intent on finishing my race strong. Um, I admire, I appreciate, and I dearly love my OCI family. And I want to thank you because I have felt your prayers for myself, and I want you to continue to pray for me and the family, and for the staff, and for all of those who are involved in any way who also need uh, healing and uh, restoration as well. So thank you for your time. Thank you for allowing me to do this. I miss you. God bless you. Thank you. Continue to pray for us. Of course, this this was uh, in 2020. This was a leaked audio. It wasn't made public, and uh, so it, it it was leaked from uh, a small group of people that were in this room or wherever this took place. But of course, it should have been done publicly, and. Don't tr- don't try to hide anything. The the fact is this: that when a woman goes to church, or she sends send their children to church, or their daughters, you you go to church. You you want to feel protected. You don't want to go to church and be uh, sexually harassed, especially by the pastor. And uh, he also, I I think the the fact that he blames the fact that he was inappropriate in being weary from nonstop ministry. Well. Please. That's kind of a cop-out, isn't it? No. Confess why you're being inappropriate. It wasn't because, oh, you're so busy with the ministry that you can't think straight. 
That doesn't sound like an apology to me. That sounds like a cop-out. But anyway, there is supposedly the FBI is investigating, and uh, if there was more things going on, it's all going to come out. Eventually, it all does come out, especially when God's judging a ministry, and uh, which I believe that he is doing with Perry Stone. There's a lot that uh, Perry Stone needs to get straightened out, especially his doctrine. And there's also a video on YouTube of him and his father. And he's agreeing with his father that his father talked to a dead person, that a dead a dead friend of his appeared to him and he had conversations with this man and Perry goes right along with it. Well, of course we know that's not true. We're not supposed to talk to the dead and especially to have dead people appearing to us. That doesn't sound uh, very biblical. So there's a lot of areas that need to be worked out. And I, I don't think it's not a good idea then to come out and criticize your uh, the people that are trying to bring things to your attention when the Bible says we're supposed to rebuke and chasten and do it openly and to call people out openly, especially if there's some kind of a sin that could damage them. Maybe, of course, I guess he had a blind spot <laughs> and, uh, his elders and the people that are being paid there to be on the staff don't want to bring it out because they don't want to lose their job. And they probably have to sign an NDA too, a non-disclosure agreement. So, but no matter who you are and uh, how famous you are in uh, these ministries, you have to be accountable first to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then if, if somebody sees something where you're going off, you should be able to receive it because they're trying to rescue you from your downfall. And it's better to have the body of Christ judge you or to have a friend judge you, especially if the friend does it in private at first, and then you bring it before the whole church and you do it openly. Well, sometimes you can't get to these people because I've had people say that to me. Well, why don't you just tell them? You can't tell them personally. The way you tell them is the way that this form of communication that I have is that they could find out what I'm saying and they could listen to it because you can't, I can't call these people and they're going to take my phone call. No, they don't talk to you. So that whole thing about, well, why didn't you come to me first? Well, because I can't get to you. If you want to, uh, you can email me, Susan, at propheticnews.com, and I can give you my phone number, and we can talk. I'll, I would talk. I'll talk to them. But they're not going to because a lot of times they're so puffed up with pride that they can't be corrected. And who are you to correct them anyway? But you don't want to see anybody totally destroy their lives and destroy their walk with the Lord if they have any walk with the Lord, then some of these people, I doubt it, sincerely. I don't know uh, Perry Stone's heart. I don't know what's really in his heart. I I can see by what he says, and uh, I can judge that. Because I, I'm not making anything up. Those are his words. Those are his words about going to rehab, and those are his words about being inappropriate. Nobody made it up. The news media didn't make it up. Nobody's going after him with accusations that aren't true because he said it, and so uh, he can't deny it. 
But anyway, we'll see what happens. I, I don't know. And once the FBI starts investigating and you get the government involved, you, you don't want to go that route. That's why it's always better to take, like the book of Proverbs says, open rebuke is better than secret love. And faithful are the wounds of a friend. So it's better to take those things in when things start happening and people start telling you, well, you're going off here. Uh, you might want to correct your course. And a lot of people say, well, don't, don't correct me. And who are you? Who are you to be? You're such a hater. And like this, here's a Stephen Furtick talking about that. Hey, haters. I hate to break this to you, but your day is done. See, we're done with the way you sling shame and blame in the face of anyone who doesn't say what you say and see what you see, read what you read, think what you think, and do what you do, how you do what you do. But it's not about you. Shaking your fist in the face of change. I hear you hating on some people because they're not deep enough, but it makes me wonder if death is more a measure of love than it is about whether people sync up with every idiosyncratic opinion you've got. You're full of opinions, but you're low on the spirit because the spirit is love. Yeah, the spirit is love. Don't correct me. See, you're a hater if you try to tell me that. My doctrine's wrong or you try to correct me. I don't know. I guess you didn't read your Bible. You're supposed to be a Bible teacher, but... I don't know what you do with all those scriptures where it talks about rebuking and correcting and and, uh, trying to help your brother when he has a fault or uh, when he stumbles, if you are a brother. If you're really a brother, you're not going to be offended when somebody tries to help you so that you don't totally blow your whole life. We've seen it happen. We've seen God totally take ministries down. We witnessed it in the 1980s. And it was a shock to us, like when PTL fell, it was a big shock when Jimmy Swaggart was exposed. And God will do that. He will expose you openly. First, he goes and he he goes with that still small voice and he goes with mercy and he goes with compassion. And then, boom, judgment. No, we have to fear God. We have to fear God and his judgment because you're not going to stop it. You're not going to stop it because God's going to do everything he can to rescue you from your own destruction when he sees you going down your path, going down that path. And we've witnessed it. We witnessed it firsthand. And I think it hit us like a ton of bricks. In the 1980s, when it, when everything started falling apart, the things that w- the TV ministries and the things that we started seeing, and uh, there was a whole lot of shaking going on, and there'll be a whole lot of shaking going on now, too. We're witnessing it. We're witnessing it. And uh, so it's better for somebody to see that you've got a problem with uh, – adultery or you have a problem with women or you have a problem with men or whatever, it's better for somebody to come to you and say, hey, you need to get this thing in line. I've been noticing this and and not to say, oh, you're a hater. 
And don't tell me what to do because God will expose you openly and it will make the newspapers. And it could make CNN depending on how famous you are. And no, it, it won't be held back then. It won't be held back. You can cry and scream all you want because when, when God's going to do it, he's going to do it. And it's not pretty. It hurts. It hurts the body of Christ at large. And uh, so I don't think any of us really like to see it. But it's like it, it's a train wreck going somewhere to happen. You see it. You, it's, you can see these people. And you can watch their lives. You can watch their so-called ministries and the way they run their churches. And you say it's a train wreck going somewhere to happen. And if you don't get back on the track, God is real. And he doesn't put up with this foolishness. People do. People, they put up with a lot, especially the people that attend these churches. They put up with a lot of abuse, and uh, they have a lot of mercy, most of the people sitting in the in the pews there. And they can, they judge, but when the real judge comes, look out. Anyway, I just, I'm just going to play a couple other clips. I don't really have time today to get into this Beth Moore thing. I do want to spend some time on it because I think it's important that uh, she's made this slippery slope into the Anglican Church, which Jackie Almore pointed out that was started by King Henry VIII. So what kind of a church is that? Because King Henry VIII, of course, we know he had how many, what, three wives? Did he have three wives killed? He had their heads chopped off. Uh, so what kind of a man is that to be starting a church? I think, what was it? Did he have six wives, Henry VIII? And, uh, yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> you don't really want to belong to a church that Henry started. But I, ha- I have this clip from uh, Paula White. And uh, I know I talk about her a lot, but I, I I have to play this clip because last week, Christmas, I think it was Christmas Eve, she made one of the stupidest statements I think I've ever heard come out of her mouth. But uh, it proves how biblically illiterate she really is. But, of course, we already know that. So hear it for yourself. When I think about his humanity, let me just stick there for a few minutes and we'll move. I think about it a lot. I really do. I think about stuff like, was he bullied? He moved a lot. They had to go down to Egypt for two years. I've moved 14 times, so I know what kind of issues that creates in your adulthood. Did Jesus have issues? Did he want to see a therapist? Come on. He was fully human. God, I mean, I, I can speak in tongues and see the power, and the next thing I know, I'm like, I need a counselor. I need help. Anybody else like me? Come we on, know holy that. God, only three of us are admitting to it, all right? Holy God, I can be so loving and giving and kind and gracious and like give the whole give the whole store away. And the next five minutes later say, What the heck did I do and want it all back? I mean, I, I can just completely be moved on by the Spirit of God. Be it unto me according to thy will. And then turn around and totally have to go, flesh, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Fully God, fully human, fully God, 
fully human? Did he feel isolated and rejected? Did he have displacement issues because he was moved so much? Was he conflicted about his circumstances? Did he feel the presence and the power of God? But look at Joseph and Mary. Did his parents have resentment because they were into a forced pregnancy that neither one of them understood? How did they treat him? Was his dad kind of a little bit resentful? Was he really loving? Was he there? Was he present? How did he get away at 12 years old? I wonder all these things. Fully God. Fully man. Did he want a girlfriend but know he couldn't really have one? Did he understand the limitations to his flesh and the temptations that would come along with it? Because the Bible tells me in Hebrews that he became the son of God by learning obedience. By learning obedience. In other words, I've got to learn obedience every day. And that the obedience doesn't start out with the weight of the world on your shoulders. Which it would come to Jesus when he would end up at the cross. The weight of the whole world would be on his shoulders. But as a little baby, I don't think that weight was there. Because Hebrews said he learned to become a son through obedience. Yeah, okay. Uh, do you believe that this woman is uh, supposed to be a Bible teacher and a person who advises a president of the United States? And she's supposed to be a pester? A pastor. <laughs> and she said, think about having a girlfriend. Jesus, our Lord. Jesus. And did he need to see a therapist? Yeah. Oh, he learned obedience. He learned obedience. Yeah. It, you can't be this stupid and this biblically illiterate. And not have somebody call you out on it. Jesus Christ came to earth. He came in the fashion of a man. He did not think like a man because he never laid down his divinity. Never. He was just as much God when he was born as the day that he died on the cross. He thought like God. He acted like God. He was holy. To think that the Lord Jesus Christ would look at a woman and think, oh, I wonder if I could have a girlfriend. That's total blasphemy. And who would even think, who, would e who could even think of the Lord Jesus in that manner? But that's stupid New Age teaching to belittle our Lord, and to make people think that, oh, well, he was born, he had a human body. But he never stopped being God. He never stopped thinking like God. Everything he did was out of love and compassion. I couldn't even believe I was hearing that. I couldn't, I couldn't even believe it. You know, Jesus didn't think like us. And who would want a savior? Who would want a God like the one that she's talking about? They preach another Jesus and another gospel. That's not the Lord that I serve. That's not the Lord that 
I read about in scriptures. There's nowhere in the scriptures where you can see Jesus ever acting inappropriately in any way, shape, or form. He said that he came to do the will of the Father. We have a we have a big job ahead of us, church, I'll tell you. <laughs> we have a big job ahead of us, but each and every one of us can do our part and uh, try to correct some of these wrongs. But anybody that's that goes to this woman's church, they they really need to leave and not support her anymore at all. Because this is crazy. This 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 is really crazy, and it's probably going on in more places than this where people talk like this about the Lord because they don't know Him. Anybody that knows him is not going to talk about him like that. So we need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves and to be able to discern the spirits and when something doesn't sound right and you're hanging on because you like the people in the church or you like the music or whatever, just run for your life. You don't need that. You don't need to be sitting there and listening to that garbage. And call it, they call it a, they call it preaching the gospel because it, it's not. It's not. We're in a we're in a time where there's a lot of uh, spiritual darkness in these so-called buildings. Of course, the church is not a building. We are the church. And it's very important. You can't totally blame the false teachers and the false preachers because everybody has a Bible. So everybody's responsible for reading the Bible for themselves and finding out if what they're being taught is so. So I encourage you to check things out. Check out what I'm saying. Check out what your pastor saying or your favorite TV preacher, check it out with the word of God. And nobody should be afraid of that. No preacher should be afraid of it. If the, if uh, they have a question or somebody, if you, you should be able to go up to any minister and say, well, what about this? I don't really agree with this. Where are you getting that from? And they should be able to answer you and give you an answer and not be afraid to uh, answer people and to give an account. So that's our program for today. Don't forget, if you want to uh, email me, you can email me, Susan, at propheticnews.com. We have our website, propheticnews.com, and we have our YouTube channel under my name, Susan Puzio. Our two books on Amazon, Feed Faith, Can a Man Drive God and Pull a White Heretic in the White House. So... Stay strong, saints. We're going through it. We really are going through a trial. And we just have to try to stay strong in these days that are ahead. But the most important thing is, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You say, oh, those Christians, oh, they're such hypocrites. And 
Yeah, there's a lot of hypocrites, but God's not going to ask you about me. He's not going to ask you about your husband or your preacher. He's going to ask you about you and what did you do. So you you are responsible for your life to God. Don't look at anybody else when you're trying to make a decision about serving the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about you and your personal relationship with Jesus Christ because Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10 says, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10:13 says for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And Jesus died to pay the penalty for our sins and rescue us from eternal death. Salvation and the forgiveness of sins is available to anyone who would trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Salvation is not difficult. And you might say, well, I've done too many sins and God can't forgive me. But he he will forgive you. He can forgive you and he will forgive you. If you're truly repentant and you're truly sorry, he will forgive any sin and give you a brand new life. And I would encourage you to read your Bible, get a Bible and read it and find out what God has to say. Because he's written this wonderful book that's kind of a guidebook to life. It teaches us how to live God's word. And Jesus was the word made flesh. And he dwelt among us. So it's a decision that you'll never regret. Anyway, I thank you, everybody, for tuning in. God bless you. And have a great day, okay?